Hey everyone, welcome to Thomas and the Bible, where I take on the entire Bible in a year, and it is really starting to get fun, I gotta say. This, I, it's, actually, I'm a little worried because this next bit of the Bible pretty much makes fun of itself. I could almost just read it, and just, just hearing it, <laughs> you can't help but just laugh at it. It's, it's, uh, it's horrible, it's horrible, it's funny, it's awful, it's, it's disgusting, it's everything. These next four chapters are gonna be a real, uh, real magical ride. So, uh, but yeah, I, I am actually, uh, really enjoying this project, which is probably while I'm doing it, uh, while, which is probably why I'm doing it with no real regard to, uh, the fact that nobody's listening to me right now, but, <laughs> uh, I'm enjoying it so much. I don't care. It's a good, it's, uh, I'm learning a lot. I'm learning really even more than I thought how ridiculous it is. I mean, we still got a lot to go and we're still in, in the old Testament Genesis, which is, um, pretty obviously stupid, but anyway, alrighty, chapter 17, there's, ugh, this is going to be fun. And when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee, and I will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face and God talked with him. <laughs> so... <laughs> I like that. I think what happened there was <laughs> Abram fell on his face and then he got up and he looked around. And he did that thing where he's like, okay, am I safe? Did anybody see me? Did anybody see me just do that? And right when he thinks he's okay, he's like, oh, thank God. Nobody's. He turns and he sees Moses there. He's writing everything down. He's like, oh, crap. You didn't see that, did you? Moses is like, yeah, sorry. Got it all, uh, I got it all written down, right? He's like, no, no, just, just, uh, just erase. Sorry, man. It's written in, uh, it's erase it. It's written in, I don't know, quill, whatever the hell this is. I can't just erase it. I get, once it's in the Bible, man, it's there. Nothing I can do about it. It says right here, Abram fell on his face. <laughs> Moses just starts laughing at him. Hey, this book needs a sense of humor, he says. Anyway, neither shall thy name be any more called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham, for a father of many nations have I made thee. Because, yeah, I mean, Abram, I hear the name Abram, I don't think of a father of many nations. <laughs> no way. Abraham, though, yeah. Sounds just like it. And I will make thee exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee, and I will establish my covenant between me and thee. After So, how many times does he have to say he's establishing his covenant? There comes a certain point where, at like, you know, 14 times in, you st I'd start getting suspicious. I'd be like, uh, it's like a used car salesman or something, you know? How many times do you need to say you're establishing your covenant with the Oh, well, we got to remember. Maybe <laughs> maybe he is he is an animal sacrifice junkie, so maybe he's like, yeah, yeah, no, I my covenant, my covenant. Yeah, I'm and he just he's so he's tweaked out. He's he's uh actually he's not tweaked. He's he's having withdrawals and he just can't think straight. He's like, okay. Yeah, no, no, covenant. We got a covenant. So, uh, so what do you got on you? You got any, uh, got any deer? Deer? Got any, uh, any birds? Anything, anything like that? Come on, just a little one. Just a little one. I, I, I know I said I already established my covenant with you, but I'm saying it again. And, and I think that warrants another sacrifice. Come on, come on, come on. Yeah. But really, how many times does he have to say it? 
and thy seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant again to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. Hmm. Hmm. Again, here he is giving him someone else's land. Now, he is an all-powerful God, right? Couldn't he have just sort of, like, set aside a bit of land for them? Like, and just made sure nobody got in it, you know, put up some natural boundaries and take them down later or something, you know, anything. He doesn't need to get, why does he need to give Abram someone else's land? And if if these other people didn't deserve it, well, then he's God. He could have just sort of stopped them from, you know, give them a disease or something or, give, or at least stop them from procreating a little bit. You know, I just had a thought. I know this is going to be out there. This is going to be out there. Could it be? that maybe they fabricated this entire thing to sort of justify taking someone else's land. Could it maybe be that? Nah, never mind. You're right. God probably did promise them someone else's land. Again, the land of Canaan. I wonder if that's because Noah cursed him after all these years. Noah was such a jerk. I'm glad he's dead. Anyway. And God said unto Abraham... Thou shalt keep my covenant, therefore, thou and thy seed after thee in their generations. Uh, This is my covenant, which ye shall keep, between me and you and thy seed after thee. Every man-child among you shall be circumcised, and ye shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a token of the covenant betwixt you and me. And I swear to the fake God that I did not just make that up that is actually what it says i think there's probably a a lot they didn't write there it's probably like uh so god's talking he's like yeah this is my covenant which ye shall keep and ah and we need something to signify this and 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 you know abram being a good man probably starts chiming in Uh, um well well we could just go word of mouth you know like i'll just i'll just main you know i'll tell everybody we got a covenant god's like no I don't know. I, I'm a little worried about that because probably anybody could say they have a covenant. So Abram's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay. What if we all wear uh, our hats the same way or some, or like a shirt with a mark on it? Any, something, you know, something like that. We could all we'll wear two different color socks, you know, just something dull. God's like, no. Abram's like, well, okay. Well, I guess this is a little more drastic, but we could get, we could get a, a tattoo or something, you know, signifying maybe a, maybe a pier, ear piercing sign, you know, something like God's like, no, it's still, I'm just, there's something, I can't, I don't know. Oh, I got it. Abram's like, yeah. Oh, okay. You know that, uh, you know that skin on the end of your penis? Yeah. Just cut that off. Abram's like, uh, what? Yeah, no, that skin on the, that was just some extra skin I put on there. I didn't, that's not for anything. It's just sort of like, you know when you have like a plastic mold and there's that little bit sort of where the where the mold goes together and there's that that little that little uh you know that little extra bit on the end you can tell you can sort of sort of peel it off something yeah that's all that is you don't you don't actually need it you know it's like yeah but i mean uh i'm 100 years old i'm sort of attached to it after all these years god's like no no, no. i see god doesn't have a penis so i don't think he gets it he's like yeah no no that'll be fine that'll be something you can all do 
<laughs> Such a ridiculous idea. They have to cut, cut off part of their penises to be in a covenant with God. Because that's because that's how it would work with an all-powerful God. Wow. Also, another thought. Was this... So if if that scene that I just played out there, if that wasn't what ha- what happened, which I you know I think it probably would have been, but if it wasn't, if it happened here like it said in the Bible, I wonder if there's any uh, um, pretext prete- uh, pretense for this or, or any history. You know, I can't think of the word I'm looking for. There's any uh, you know history of this, like like God just came up with this when when uh, when God said circumcision was Abram like, oh yeah, okay, no, I know what that is, or did it? <laughs> if not. There's two possibilities. Either, either God just came up with it on the spot, and and told Abram. In which case, how ridiculous would that be? Abram's just like, what? Uh, uh, what? <laughs> yeah. Or it, it was already around. In which case, they're sort of taking the idea, and and Abram already sort of knew it, and that's ridiculous too. Like, why? <laughs> it's either way. It's 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 uh, it's really weird. Anyway, and he that is eight days old shall be circumcised among you. Every man, child in your generations, that is he that is born in the house or bought with money of any stranger, which is not of thy seed. He that is born in thy house and he that is bought with thy money must needs be circumcised. And my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. And the uncircumcised man, child, whose flesh of his foreskin is not circumcised, that soul shall be cut off from his people. He hath broken my covenant. <laughs> this is so ridiculous. So, <laughs> so it doesn't matter what, you know, if you're a good person, you help old ladies cross the street, you, you know, you're of good character. No, 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 you go through, go through life, be the best possible person in the world. But if you didn't nip that little skin off your penis, then you don't have a covenant with God. <laughs> so stupid. I swear I didn't write this book. I, I, I know it's hard It's hard to believe that I didn't write. I, I did not write this book. I promise you. I don't know how I can prove that to you, but uh, it's it's all there. You know, flip one open and look at it. It's just, uh, it's ridiculous. <sighs> anyway. And God said unto Abraham, as for Sarai, thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. You know, I kind of like Sarai better, to be honest. And with Abram, I can see like Abraham sort of adds to it, but Sarai versus Sarah, like what? What is the distinction? I guess it could be a translation thing. And I will bless her and give thee a son of her also. Yea, I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. Then Abraham fell on his face (laughs) again. Man, he's on a roll today. Moses is like, I got it again. I'd say I was I was writing. My hand was moving. I couldn't stop. I was I'm in description mode. I'm just I'm transcribing everything that's going on. I'm writing this Bible, man. I gotta write all this down. Think we're gonna remember all this shit? No, I gotta write it down. Well, Moses says, Yeah, well, well, I remember the circumcision bit. No, no one's gonna forget about that. But I mean, all the other little details. So Abraham fell on his face again. And laughed and said in his heart, shall a child be born unto him that is an hundred years old? And shall Sarah that is 90 years old bear? Boy, he took that name change pretty quickly, right? He's been calling his wife Sarai for 90 years. And, but just right away, Sarah, that's pretty easy. 
Me, I think it would have taken me a while. I think I probably would have said Sarah. Well, plus he's 100. Old people don't – people who are 100 can't even remember anything, much less, less this, this change in the name that just happened of his wife of forever. Anyway. And Abraham said unto God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. And God said, Sarah thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed. And thou shalt call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant, and with his seed after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him, and will make him fruitful, and will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he beget, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear unto thee at this time in the next year. And he, and he let off talking with him, and God went up from Abraham. And Abraham took Ishmael his son, and all that were born in the house, and all that were brought, bought with his money, every male among the men of Abraham's house, and circumcised the flesh of their foreskin in the selfsame day, as God had said unto him. So everybody just had a big old circumcision party. And a couple things. First off, how gay was all this? This whole this day. Everybody's just like, all right, hey, gather around, everybody. I got a bit of news from me, you know, the man upstairs. Uh, yeah, a little weird. I was a little thrown off by it at first, too. But um, if, uh, you know, what can I say? He's the man. And they're like, yeah, whatever. No, we know he's God. Yeah, that's cool. What? What does he want us to do? What? Do some work, do some, you know, sacrifice some animals. What, what? He's like, no, 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 uh, none of that today. Uh, where do I start? Uh, you're not going to believe me. (laughs) You guys are not going to believe. So, you know, um, you know that skin on the end of your penises, right? You you know that everybody's like, uh, yeah. Well, uh, well. Well, you, you, since you weren't really using it, um, God uh, thought it might. Well, and I, you know, God and I, we're you know, we're together. Uh, we th- we thought it might be a good way to sort of distinguish between you know us who have a covenant and everyone who doesn't. If we just you know, just you know nip that little skin off, just just nipped it off. <laughs> How tough of, of a sell was that? <laughs> And then after, and apparently it all happened. Well, I guess he's the head of the house or whatever, so he can just say it all happens. But <laughs> what a party that must have been. <laughs> all right, everyone, get your penises out. <laughs> Stand in line. I know this is getting crude, but it's not, I mean, I'm sorry, but the Bible is, is he started it. Moses started, Jesus, you know, whoever. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and so after it's all done, I imagine. I imagine not much else got done that day. <laughs> I'm thinking that that was that was sort of it for that day. Everybody's just sort of sitting out, <laughs> penis is all hanging out, bloody. They're just like, oh, oh man! All the women in the house are like, God, what are we doing today? You guys want? Can we go on a walk? Can we do something? You want to go? Guys, I don't know, picnic, anything. Guys are just like, oh no, get away, get away. No way you're putting on underwear that day, or gosh, for a week for that matter. Jeez, I feel sorry for those. Oh God! Oh man, I just thought of something else. Spare a thought, will you, for the uh, for the poor soul who had to circumcise Abram's hundred year old penis? <laughs> it's one thing if you got the 
the fresh supple foreskin, <laughs> but but his foreskin's got a few uh, got a few rings of age on it, you know. Wow, this is disgusting. Freaking Bible, man! I did not write this. I'm telling you. And Abraham was ninety years old and nine when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. That was verse twenty-four. I just read that. That's from the Bible. And Ishmael, his son, was thirteen years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. In the selfsame day was Abraham circumcised and Ishmael his son. And all the men of the house, born in the house and bought with money of the stranger, were circumcised with him. Wow. Wow. That is, that's the end of that chapter. Thank God. Ugh, man. I don't... Nothing more to say on that. I guess I'm done. Okay. Chapter 18. Let's, uh, let's try our best to recover from all that. But really, do you do people really think God did, said all that and did all that? Do they really think that? Oh, man, that's ridiculous. Anyway, chapter 18, verse 1. And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre, and he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. Abram did, I guess. And he lift up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself toward the ground and said, My Lord, speaking to all three of them, I guess, because somehow he knows they're God. If now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. Let a little water, I pray you, be fetched and wash your feet. And angels have feet. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. And rest yourselves under the tree. And I will fetch a morsel of bread and comfort ye your hearts. After all, you have been, you know, you've been angels for it's so long now. Just, I mean, you must be tired. It's hot. It's hot for some angelictude. After that, you shall pass on, for therefore are ye come to you, servant. And they said, so do, as thou hast said. I would have said, if I were an angel, I would have said, no, dude, it's cool. Uh, we're pretty much not really mortals, so all the crap you just said don't really, don't really care. Uh, it's nice, but uh, we, we, you know, we're fine. That's what I always said. And Abraham hastened into the tent unto Sarah and said, Make ready quickly three measures of fine meal. Knead it and make cakes upon the hearth. And Abraham ran unto the herd and fetched a calf tender and good and gave it unto a young man. And he hastened to dress it. And he took butter and milk. And they, well, they include a little recipe there. And the calf which he had dressed, and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree, and they did eat. You know, for being angels, these are some pain-in-the-ass guests. <laughs> pain-in-the-ass house guests. They got a, a huge meal. They need their feet washed. They need water. They need all this. I would have been asking them for crap. They're angels. Whatever. Verse 9, And they said unto him, Where is Sarah thy wife? Sarah, he said, Oh, you mean Sarah? Oh, right. The whole name change thing. Yeah, no, got it. And he said, behold, in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah, thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door, which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age. And it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Let me ask you guys this uh, rhetorically, I suppose. Did you understand what that just said? Let me let me read the sentence again. And it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. 
That is some indirect freaking language. It points out how scary anything involving sexuality or women was to these people back then. Essentially, it's saying, I could be totally wrong on this. I didn't look this up or anything, but I'm pretty sure that's saying she no longer has her period. She's gone through menopause. And that's how they have to phrase that. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you, you, could say, you could say that to someone a number of times, and I imagine they wouldn't get it. And it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. <laughs> anyway, I love this book. Gosh, I see why people read it now. It really is funny. Really is. Anyway, verse twelve. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself, saying, "After I am waxed old, ugh, after I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my lord, being old also?" My lord, referring to Abram, I guess. And the Lord said unto Abraham, "Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I of surety bear a child which am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord?" And Abram was feeling a little saucy and uh, smart-ass that day and said, I don't know. Uh, could God have Sarai bear a child so hot that even God himself couldn't eat it? Huh? Huh? <laughs> Angels look like pain in the ass. At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. And Sarah denied, saying, I, I laugh not, for, for she was afraid. And he said, Nay, but thou didst laugh. And they had an argument which consisted of, Did not, did so, did not, did so. Verse 16. And the man rose up from thence and looked toward Sodom. And Abraham went with them to bring them on the way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? What? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I know him that he will command his children and household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord and do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him. Hmm. I guess, and anyone listening can feel free to email in at comments at thomasinthebible.com and set me straight on this. There's so much content, sometimes I don't, you know, I don't have time. It'll take me hours to understand every single nuance but i think the angel is basically saying so he says uh shall i hide from abraham that thing which i do the way i do <laughs> no i added that <laughs> um i think he's saying should i hide um the fact that he's going to destroy sodom and gomorrah i guess i don't really get the purpose of that Anyway, and the Lord said, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great and because their sin is very grievous, I will go now, down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which has come unto me. And if not, I will know. And the men turned their faces from thence and went toward Sodom. But Abraham stood yet before the Lord. And Abraham drew near and said, Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Peradventure there be fifty righteous within the city. Wilt thou also destroy and not spare the place for fifty righteous that are there, that are therein? That be far from thee to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked, and that the righteous should be as the wicked, that be far from thee. Shall not the judge of all earth do right? I'd like to point this out and make a more a more serious point here. 
This is a really important verse, I think. Listen to this wording. Shall not the judge of all earth do right, he says, Abram says. Think about that. That implies that Abram actually knows what's right and wrong here. I bring this up because people talk about how we need religion for morality for a number of reasons. Uh, the first of which being we need to listen to scripture to tell us what to do. We've already been – I don't know how many people say that nowadays, but there should be zero. So if anyone says it, they're stupid because there is so much garbage. We've already covered – we've only covered like seven pages of the Bible out of like 650 uh, so far. And it's already clear that you cannot read a word it says. The other reason people say we need religion uh, for morality is because without God, there are no uh, absolute moral values. And I have a ton to say on this. I think I might uh, write a more long-form kind of essay on it and put it up on the website. And also I'm thinking about – I have a friend who's a philosopher, uh, maybe listening. Um, he, he talked about the desire to write some essays and post them up there. I think I'm going to do that. I think I might uh, – I'll have more on this later, but I think I'm going to – maybe put up a forum that's not for the stupid, quick, inane, uh, inflammatory comments that are normally in forums, uh, but maybe for some more long-form debate. Uh, and I'm absolutely going to be looking for any religious person who wants to take up the cause to write uh, to write some stuff on there. Absolutely 100% looking for that. So uh, I, <laughs> I doubt you're listening, but if you are <laughs> and you want to set me straight, that's your chance. So anyway... People say we need that for the uh, absolute moral values. But I say that this verse completely shatters all that. And I know it's just one little verse. But li but listen to that. Shall not the judge of all earth do right? Abram is saying, for those of you, it might be hard to understand what's being said when you're not looking at it. I can understand it's a lot harder. Uh, I'm not trying to insult your intelligence at all. But it, it is way harder to listen to this kind of language and process it correctly. He, Abram's saying, uh, Abraham now is saying, shall not the Lord do right? So Abram knows what is right. And keep in mind, we, we I haven't seen any commandments yet. I haven't seen any, really any moral proclamations. There were a few in the very beginning where, where God said, uh, don't kill a man for, for, I, you know, but God, God kills people all the time. You know, guns don't kill people. God kills people. So I think it's, this is really important. Abraham and God hasn't instructed Abraham morally. And, and even if, and even if he had, even if, if, uh, uh, yes, this is important. Even if God had already told Abraham, thou shalt not kill, or it is wrong to kill. I still think this is a valid point because any, and, and actually it's even more valid because what people who make that argument think is, is that God is the ultimate right or wrong. That, uh, God is the embodiment embodiment of what is right. If that were true, this wouldn't be a question Abraham would have. Abraham would not say, uh, "God, are you going to do the right thing here?" He'd say, "He would, there would be no question. He it would be the right thing by default." He would say, "Yeah, whatever, you're God." But he has Abraham knows what is right and wrong already. I think this is very important. It's it's really interesting. Really interesting here. So I guess we can move on from that. A lot more to say, but uh, I, I think about that. 
Anyway, and the Lord said, If I find Sodom fifty righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sakes. And Abraham answered and said, Behold now, I have taken me to speak unto the Lord, which I am but dust and ashes. Peradventure, peradventure there shall lack five of the fifty righteous. Wilt thou destroy all the city for lack of five? You know, if I were... uh, if I were the type of comedian who would make uh, Jewish jokes, I, I would probably make some joke about how he's sort of haggling God down <laughs> from 50 to 45. <laughs> but that's horrible. I wouldn't say that. And he said, if I find there 40 and 5, I will not destroy it. And he spake again unto him yet again and said, peradventure there shall be 40 found there. And he said... I will not do it for forty's sake. And he said unto him again, uh, Let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak. Peradventure there shall be thirty found there. And the Lord said, I will not do it if I find thirty there. And he said, Behold, now I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord. Peradventure there shall be, uh, you know, twenty found there. And this is this is really showing that God is infinite in patience. <laughs> I, <laughs> I can barely read through this. And God said, I will not destroy it for twenty sick. And he said, Oh, let not the Lord be angry, but and I will speak yet but this once. Peradventure ten shall be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for ten's sake. And the Lord went his way as soon as he had left communing with Abraham. And Abraham said, Oh, no, no, wait, Lord. I, oh, come on. I have nine more questions for you. <laughs> and <laughs> you know if the lord wanted to avoid that entire exchange he could have just cut to the chase <laughs> he could have just set the initial number not at 50 but at 10 he is all powerful would have saved like five minutes of our lives <clears throat> excuse me and abraham returned unto his place and that's the end of chapter 18 moving on to chapter 19 all right everyone now if you thought that homoerotic group uh group circumcision scene was bad it's gonna start to get a bit worse here (laughs) just giving you a little heads up um okay verse one and there came two angels to sodom at eat at even maybe that's a time or something evening maybe and lot sat in the gate of sodom and lot seeing them rose up to meet them and bowed himself with his face toward the ground see he didn't fall on his face he's a little more graceful Probably at that time, Moses, who was hanging around, said, Hey, you should see what your brother did when he... Anyway. Uh, And he said, Here, I drew a picture of it in words. And he said, Behold now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house, and tarry all night, and wash your feet, and ye shall rise up early. And the angel said, Yeah, no, no, we've had plenty of feet washing lately, thanks. And rise up early, and go on your ways. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the street all night. And he pressed upon them greatly, and they turned in unto him, and entered into his house. And he made them a feast, and did bake unleavened bread, and they did eat. But before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round, both old and young, all these people, all the people from every quarter. And they called unto Lot, and said unto him, Where are the men, <laughs> where are the men which came into thee this night? I don't know if they talked like that back then. Bring them out to us that we may know them. 
And if you remember what no means in the biblical sense. So basically this is a group of homosexuals who who are so depraved in their desires that they they circle around the house of any new meat that comes into the city. How does anything get done in this city, I wonder? How does the city function? This sounds so fake and so uh, homophobic. It's ridiculous. It's got to be. <laughs> hey, there's someone new in town. Hey, everybody. I just saw someone new. Come on. Let's all know him. Oh, it's horrible. Verse 6. And Lot went out to, at the door unto them and shut the door after him and said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. Behold, now I have two daughters which have not known man. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you and do ye them as is good in your eyes. Only unto these men do nothing, for therefore they came under the shadow of my roof. Okay, this is freaking horrible. If you just followed that, that sequence of events, just to sum up, just to make sure you're following. Uh, Lot brings these two angels in, and all the uh, gay people of Sodom who are just so depraved that they, they just have to know these two hot angels. Uh, by the way, is that even possible? <laughs> anyway... Uh, so Lot uh, comes out and says, hey, come on, guys. Come on. All right, don't, don't, don't know these men that I have. Here, here, I have these two virgin daughters. Here, let me, I'll toss them out to you. Just do, what, do whatever you want to them, you know, in any way you see fit. But don't, come on, don't have sex with these men that are in my house. Come on, they're my guests. You know, got to be a good host. Sacrifice your two virgin daughters to this crazy group of men uh, rather than the two people you're playing host to. Yeah, that makes sense. That is horrible. That is the worst thing imaginable. What what father could do that, really? I mean, it, it, I'm serious here. This is ridiculous. And furthermore, after he made that offer, which needless to say, the, 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 the men of Sodom declined, thank God. Uh, but after he made that, that, that offer, how, how would you feel being one of the daughters? Being just like, oh, yeah, no. You know, they come back to dad. Hey, about that. Uh, yeah, no, I needed, um, Lot says, yeah, I, you know, you understand. I need to be a good host. <laughs> Are his daughters really ever going to talk to him again? <laughs> oh, it's so terrible. Anyway, and they said, stand back. And they said again, this one fellow came in to sojourn and he will needs be a judge. Now will we deal worse with thee than with them? And they pressed sore upon the man, even Lot. He must have been ugly or something, or maybe he dressed horribly. If, they, if, if the Bible feels the need to say, even Lot, ugh, ugh, even Lot. And came near to break the door. But the men put forth their hand and pulled Lot into the house to them and shut the door. You know, I hate to get crude here, but imagine if Lot, if they hadn't been able to hold these men off. It's very possible that God would no longer be an anal virgin to this point. Interesting thought. That would be a real twist for these Prop 8 folks. <laughs> Opposers of uh, Prop 8, could, their slogan should just be, well, if it's good enough for God. Because um, <laughs> they, they talk about these angels as God. They're referred to as God. They, they say they're men, they're angels, and they're God. So they're part, they are a part of God. It's not unreasonable to say that it's possible that things could have gone pretty wrong here. <laughs> oh, that would have been ironic. Anyway, 
And they smote the men that were at the door with the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they wearied themselves to find the door. So the angels blinded them, thank God. And the men said unto Lot, Hast thou any here beside, the men being the angels now, I guess, any besides son-in-law and thy sons and thy daughters and whatsoever thou hast in the city? Bring them out of this place, for we will destroy this place, because the cry of them is waxen great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord hath sent us to destroy it. And Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and said, Up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy the city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. Well, yeah, understandably. Uh, I probably wouldn't believe him either. And when the morning arose, when the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. So I guess he didn't really try very much harder for his sons-in-laws. Maybe he didn't like them. And while he lingered, the men laid hold upon his hand, and upon the hand of his wife, and upon the hand of his two daughters. Wow, that's a lot of hands they have. And the Lord being merciful, merciful unto him, and they brought him forth, and set him without the city. And it came to pass, when they had brought them forth abroad, that he said, Escape for thy life, look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. And Lot said unto them, Oh, not so, my lord. Behold now, thy servant hath found grace in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy, which thou hast shewed unto me in saving my life. And I cannot escape to the mountain, lest some evil take me, and I die. Behold now, this city is near to flee unto, and it is a little one. Oh, let me escape thither, <laughs> please. Is it not a little one? And my soul shall live. So basically he's saying, I can't make it to the mountain, you crazy. And he said unto him, See, I have accepted thee concerning this thing also, that I will not overthrow this city for which thou hast spoken. So the angels sort of uh, humor him. Haste thee, escape thither, for I cannot do anything till thou become thither. Therefore the name of the city was called Zor. The sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered into Zor. Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah, brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew upon the ground. But his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. I didn't just make that up. That's a little harsh, don't you think? I mean, first of all, that's ridiculous. You look back, you become a pillar of salt. That's the punishment for looking back, I guess. Second of all, the angels just said, run away, don't look back. Like, is that not something that they might have taken sort of figuratively? Like, yeah, no, hurry, you know, don't don't look back, don't hesitate. <laughs> you know, like, uh, come on, come on, book. So stupid. His wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. You know what's more likely? I think Lot murders wife. Lot uh, was just sick of his wife and, and, and said, you know what, when all this fire and brimstone's happening, you know, what if, uh, you know, she looked back and became a pillar of salt? You know, they'll believe me. I can't think of any... Does becoming a pillar of salt seem more logical than that conclusion? No. And Abraham got up early in the morning to the place where he stood before the Lord, and he looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the plain, and beheld, and lo, the smoke of the country went up as the smoke of a furnace. And it came to pass when God destroyed this, you know, Lot sure didn't miss a beat, did he? He sure didn't, uh, 
Lot's not even phased by the fact that his wife was just turned into a pillar of salt. Doesn't even mention it. Isn't even like, God, come on, what are you doing? God. He doesn't even, doesn't even question it. He's fine. More evidence that he didn't really miss her. Hmm. That God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out in the midst of the overthrown, and when he overthrew the cities in which, in the which Lot dwelt. And Lot went up out of Zor and dwelt in the mountain, and his two daughters with him, for he feared to dwell in Zor, and he dwelt in a cave, he and his two daughters. Things are going to get really freaking stupid, so brace yourselves. And the firstborn said unto the younger, Our father is old, and there is not a man in the earth to come in to us after the manner of all the earth. Come, let us make our father drink wine, and we will lie with him, that we may preserve seed of our father. And they made their father drink wine that night. And the firstborn went in and lay with her father. And he perceived not when she lay down, nor when she rose. But boy, did he perceive all the wild sex they had. <laughs> really. <laughs> really. He perceived not when she lay down, nor when she arose. <sighs> I, this is going to get, this is going to get really crude. But do you really expect us to believe, Bible, that they got him drunk, so drunk that, uh, you know, things were still functioning downstairs, but he didn't know that he was sleeping with his daughter. That's not... <laughs> to any of you without <laughs> any sort of experience with being drunk or anything like that, that's <laughs> just not, not how it works. I mean, you're either passed out, you know, out of your mind... Uh, drunk, or or you know what's going on. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh, that scratchy thing going on again. Um, <laughs> uh, I I I shouldn't say it. uh, it's just so ridiculous. And it came to pass on the morrow that the firstborn said unto the younger, Behold, I lay yesternight with my father. Let us make him drink wine this night also, and go thou in and lie with him, that we may preserve the seed of our father. Wow. Do I have to remind you that this father is like a hundred years old? Is that? <laughs> it's horrible. Oh, wow. So he didn't learn his lesson from the first night either. He wasn't like, oh, well, I got kind of a, got kind of an incestual feeling going on today. I don't know what that's about. I better be careful. No more drinking for me. You know, if he got that drunk, he'd have the proverbial, oh, never again. I am never doing that again. But no. Yeah. And they made their father drink wine that night also. And the younger arose and lay with him. And he perceived not when she lay down, nor when she arose. Again, ridiculous. Thus were both the daughters of Lot with child by their father. And the firstborn bare a son and called his name Moab, the same is the father of the Moabites unto this day, and they must be some funky-looking people. And the younger, she also bare a son, and called his name Benami. Benami. The same is the father of the children of Ammon unto this day. Oh, man, I... You know what? That part speaks for itself. I don't even need to make fun of it anymore. On to chapter 20. Okay. And Abraham, verse 1, And Abraham journeyed from thence toward the south country, and dwelled between Kadesh and Shur, and sojourned in Gerar. And Abraham said of Sarah his wife, She is my sister. 
and Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. But God, so it's that old con job again. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Behold, thou art but a dead man for the woman which thou hast taken, for she is a man's wife. Hmm. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. His wife is freaking 90 years old. Why does he still need to do this? Is he really that afraid? Oh, man, I better... Okay, this 90-year-old woman here? Yeah, no, she's not my wife. She's my sister. Whoo, man, thank God. I'm afraid they might have taken... You know, like, what? 90 years old. Abimelech has to be one odd fellow to uh, to want to take a 90-year-old woman for his wife. Wow. Wow. Anyway. <laughs> huh. And Abimelech said, and Abimelech had not come near her. Oh, probably because she's 90. And he said, Lord, wilt thou slay also a righteous nation? Said he not unto me, she is my sister? And she, even she herself said, he is my brother. In the integrity of my heart and the innocence of my hands have I done this. So he's basically making his case to God saying, look, I didn't do anything. And he told me he was her sister. And uh, <laughs> first thing I would have been doing is like, oh, no, you thought I was going to do what? what? Oh, oh, God, God. Verse six. And God said unto him in a dream, yea, I know that thou didst this in the integrity of thy heart. For I also withheld thee from sinning against me. Therefore suffered I thee not to touch her. Hmm. So God stopped him from sinning against him. Interesting. So then when God doesn't stop people from sinning against him, is it really their fault? Uh, this is getting kind of weird. Now therefore restore the man his wife, for he is a prophet, and he shall pray for thee, and thou shalt live. And if thou restore her not, know that thou shalt surely die. Thou and all that are thine. Hmm, tough choice. Do I... Uh, so on the one hand, um, uh, there's there's death and everyone I know will die and all my family. But on the other hand, oh, I really want this 90-year-old woman. Gosh, what do I choose? What do I choose? Therefore Abimelech rose early in the morning and called all his servants and told all these things in their ears. And the men were sore afraid. Well, first they were probably just like, dude, what? Why were you even thinking of doing <laughs> Anyway, then Abimelech called Abraham and said unto him, What hast thou done unto us? And what have I offended thee that thou hast brought on me and my kingdom a great sin? Thou hast done deeds unto me that ought not be done. Yeah, I agree. And Abimelech said unto Abraham, What sawest thou that thou hast done this thing? And Abraham said, Because I thought surely the fear of God is not in this place, and they will slay me for my wife's sake. <sighs> Again, 90. Anyway, and yet she is indeed my sister. She is the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother, and she became my wife. Okay, this is just a... St <laughs> I love that little justification that like a kid does when he's lying to his parents. I, what is the point of that? We already know, we already heard... Uh, Abraham say, look, uh, tell them you're my wife because, or tell them you're my sister because, uh, you know, I don't want them to, to hurt me. 
We already heard him say that. What is the... So is Abraham that kind of a douchey person that they sing, well, she is technically my sister, so I didn't... Yeah, yeah, she's your sister. But when you're married to your sister, the first thing you say is probably not, hi, folks, this is my sister. You probably avoid mentioning that. You probably say, this is my wife. So we know you're lying. What is the point of putting in this stupid justification in there? Are we that dumb? Does Moses or Jesus or... <laughs> it's Moses. I keep saying Jesus as a joke. But does Moses think we're that dumb? Anyway. And it came to pass when God caused me to wander from my father's house that I said unto her, This is thy kindness which thou shalt shew unto me at every place whither we shall come. Say of me, He is my brother. And Abimelech took sheep and oxen and manservants and women servants, and restored him Sarah his wife. And Abimelech said, Behold, my land is before thee. Dwell where it pleaseth thee. And unto Sarah he said, Behold, I have given thy brother a thousand pieces of silver. Behold, he is to thee a covering of thy eye, of the eyes unto all that are with thee and with all other. Thus she was reproved. So Adam prayed unto God, and God healed Abimelech and his wife and his maidservants, and they bare children. For the Lord had fast closed up all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. So the Lord already had taken preemptive action against them. Even though the Lord knew that he wasn't going to sin because the Lord said he stopped it himself. This is all so contradictory and so it's just absurd. It's just ridiculous. And once again, Abraham's little con job pays off because he ends up with a bunch of goods. <laughs> uh, all right. that's That's been more than enough for today. Uh, sorry you had to go through all this. It really is just a ridiculous book. So that's it. Again, send comments. Comments at thomasinthebible.com. Um, uh, see you next time. I'm having a good time doing this. Uh, I don't know who's out there, but I hope you're enjoying it and learning about the Bible because I'm certainly learning about how stupid it is. And I look forward to hearing from you, hopefully. Hearing from Um, so... Oh, also, last podcast, I put this in the podcast notes, but I accidentally said validify instead of validate. And I got to say, you know, when you when you talk for 45 minutes sort of free, uh, you know, I don't I can't plan out everything I say. So uh, sorry for that uh, horrible crime against the English language. I, I was really a bit right when I stopped recording, but I was like, I don't want to go back and correct it. It sounded all awkward. You know, like, validate and stand in place of validify. But anyway, that's that. Okay, thanks, guys, and see you next time.